and happy to be joined now by Joe Loda, who is vice dean at NYU Langone Medical Center. He's former MTA chair, a former deputy mayor. And in 2013, he was the Republican nominee for mayor of New York City. Joe, thanks for joining me. And great to be here. So uh, let's talk about this year's race for mayor and the sort of where New York City's at amid this really tumultuous election cycle. When you were the Republican nominee in 2013, it was another one of these enormous wave elections where all of city government virtually was turning over, but it was not happening amid the same kind of crisis for the city. So um, but before before we talk about uh, that, we should uh, discuss a little bit the fact that Although eight years ago you were the Republican nominee for mayor, you've switched your party affiliation to Democrat. Uh, what happened there? Well, what happened there was, um, you know, the classic uh, situation. I, I, people think I left the party. I think the party left me. 2016, they had um, Donald Trump became their the head of their party. Uh, I'm a never Trumper. I have been for quite some time. And it, I think it would have been quite dishonest of me to continue with the Republican Party while he is their leader. Shockingly for me, he's still their leader. Um, I can't think of anybody more despicable than him. Um, that being that, you know, sometime uh, right after he was elected, I unenrolled or I think that's the right term, unenrolled for, uh, from the Republican Party. And about nine months ago, um, wanting to participate in the mayoralty, I then decided to uh, register or enroll as a Democrat uh, so that I could participate uh, here in New York City in uh, uh, this election. Right. Uh, and that's what happened. And, uh, and, and I'm very happy I did it. Aha. Uh-huh, OK. Because you got to got to vote uh, in this, yeah, in I this primary. I voted last night early and uh, been proud that I did that. A uh, little confused, like a lot of people with ranked choice voting, mm-hmm. which I think might turn out to be one of the more evil things that has happened in New York. But okay. nonetheless, the people have voted. And, uh, you know, like a lot of things, uh, the people have voted. Now they have to suffer. Well, <laughs> I have a feeling uh, found that out eight years ago too. At least, at least one thing you're referencing there. Yes. So, um, the, yeah, there'll be a lot of uh, sort of a, a evaluations of of the first go at ranked choice voting here. I'm sure after this election. So we'll, we'll dig into that another time. But um, in terms of participating here in the local mayoral race, it seems like even much more so than eight years ago, the city Republican Party is sort of struggling and, and, and flailing. Um, do, you, do you see a future for the Republican Party locally? Uh, maybe, again, as you indicated, once Trump is a little bit more off the scene, is there, is there a future for the Republican Party in New York City? Or is the only chance to have a check on Democrats, you know, maybe people who are running more on the independent, uh, uh, you know, as, as independents? You know, there has to be a bigger discussion about a, um, a second party to the Democratic Party. Uh, I think that, that that's a discussion that needs to happen nationally uh, uh, as well as locally. Uh, I think uh, that that discussion needs to happen um, at, at, a, at a different level. I think the Republican Party is a very different party. Um than it was. I mean, you know, we've seen we've seen we've seen political parties change. If you think about, I don't mean to be philosophical about this, but if you look at the the Democratic Party, uh, for example, and the Republican Party over the 20th century, they changed roles radically. You know, in that over that period of time, uh, and and how they changed 
their philosophy. And, and that could happen again. But I think the, the shift away uh, from what the Republican Party stood for in the latter part of the 20th century to where they are today, um, it, it, there's no there's no doubt. I mean, you know, the the, the people who led the party uh, in the late part of the 20th century wouldn't, I, I believe, wouldn't be part of the party uh, today. And so uh, being a Democrat and participating in this crowded, competitive, very important primary um we we've seen uh, this top tier of eight candidates. It seems to be really narrowing down to about four that seem to have any real, real shot at winning. Although the polling, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt and, and who knows, and there hasn't been that much polling from the big pollsters, but how have you sort of assessed this race and the conversation that's happening? What is, what have you been thinking as someone who's been so involved in the city's civic political life um, of the conversation you're hearing here, what's what's resonated with you? What do you think have been sort of the misses here? Um, how have you been assessing the, the conversation? So I, I look at, uh, you know, have, being a lifelong New Yorker, um, and I look at the mayoralty uh, and other elected positions uh, in New York very differently for, for a couple of different reasons. You know, everybody in my family has worked for New York City uh, in some way, shape, or form. And so I think of the mayoralty uh, in New York City as a job that serves all of the people of New York. And therefore, it's a job that requires not just politics, but somebody who knows how to run things. And as opposed to, you know, someone who wants to be a senator from New York, who can, you know, who could be a, who can be a political philosopher, who can talk about, you know, uh, various different directions where you want to go. Um, you know, someone who, you know, like a Daniel Patrick Moynihan, somebody who has real good thought processes and wants to move the country in a certain direction. But when when it comes to the mayor of New York, you want to you want to talk about you know someone who can run something and has competency in that area. I can remember years ago. Every political consultant that I spoke to, uh, whether they were on the our side or the Democratic side, there are no Democrat, there are no Republican consultants really in New York. So you talk to all these political consultants, every one of them to a person said, you cannot run on, on managerial skill. You cannot run on competency. You cannot run on crisis management. Remember, I had just come off of uh, uh, bringing the uh, MTA and the Transit Authority back from uh, Hurricane Sandy and got the subways back up and running and, and about 48 hours and people were amazed that the subways were back and all of that, which was a way to propel running for the mayoralty. And I wanted to use that as an opportunity. And everybody said, no, it'll never work. So, you know, watching someone like Catherine Garcia use her competency as the core of her campaign, to me, it's quite refreshing to see because she's used it so well. And it's actually, you know, unbelievable for me to see how far she's been able to go on the, on a strategy that everybody told me could never work because mm-hmm. it is working and she's doing so well at getting that point across. And I think New Yorkers... Uh, following Bill de Blasio, really want competency. Um, and, and I think that's important. And I think New Yorkers realize that. And the mayor of New York, when you think about what the, he or she needs to do, they pick up your garbage, they, keep, they have fire protection, it's about police protection, it's about safety, it's about quality of life, it's about property taxes. The mayor of New York touches everything you do every single day. Red light, green light, parking tickets, parking mm-hmm. spots, you name it. That that person, that job has something to do with you. The governor of New York doesn't. The only intersection, the only way you deal with the governor of New York 
Uh, possibly, even though sometimes they don't like to say they have anything to do with the subways. They got something to do with the subways. But the other, the only other way is when you got to go to the motor vehicle. He runs motor vehicle. <laughs> and, you know, that's it. Not a good experience most times. But that's it. Other than that, he doesn't run the fire department. He doesn't run the police department. But, he, right, but, but the mayor does. But and, let me push so, back on that a little bit, Joe. One of the one of the things about whether it's the governor or the mayor is. He, there, there are some things that maybe are, are there's no real ideal ideology involved. There's very little political philosophy involved, but there's still, there's still policy that you're setting that then leads down into operations. Isn't there? I mean, there, there is, it is a, it is a confluence of vision, policymaking and management and execution. Is it not? Absolutely. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's a, it's a function of, um, you know, in a sense, what the broad-based community wants. I mean, you know, when you think about policy, for example, uh, the, the, the policy that we're missing now, for, for example, is what what's happened to the policy about dealing with homelessness? The, the issue with dealing with homelessness is one of where are the where where are the where are the programs for the people who are homeless? People who are homeless are, are homeless for for numerous reasons. Most some people say, well, they need a house. They need they need a home and they need a place to, you know, a, a place to to live. That may be. But there is also a, for most of them, for many of them, uh, there is an underlying reason why they're homeless. They may it's about a job, but it could also be some some other issue. It could be alcoholism or it could be some mental uh, illness related problem. And that needs to be dealt with. And for a city with a budget this size, there needs to be programs. And there were, when I was deputy mayor, there were programs. I don't know where they are now, but decisions need to be made um, and, and can be made that programs can be in place where folks can be, can, can be brought, uh, the, the monies can be used to be brought this to bear uh, and to be able to be used this way. Honestly, that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road. But Honestly, uh, yeah, there are decisions that can be made. And what I also think is really important, and it's, and it's really a philosophical debate. Uh, you know, the, what you're, Ben, what you're talking about is the old LaGuardia quote. You know, there's no Republican or Democratic way to pick up the garbage. But there, you know what? There's a debate that goes on now, and it's really interesting. Uh, there's this knee-jerk response that you get from a lot of folks that say anybody who tell, you know, that says, um, you know, you got to spend a lot of money for programs. Um, not necessarily, you know, that you, you, how about the most efficient way to get the same thing done? Mm-hmm. You know, and when you look at programs where children get educated, but you're not spending as much per pupil. What are they doing differently? Spending money doesn't necessarily get you the best possible outcome. What are they doing differently and how are they doing it? Uh, that, that needs to be looked at. And, you know, the idea that you've got to spend more to get a better result, that's a false narrative. And we, we suffer from that in New York a lot. And I really think that, you know, there's, a, there's an arrogance to, to New Yorkers that we do things better. Uh, we have to learn from everyone else. Uh, and and th- that, that is a significant issue that we, we just have to deal with. Uh, because more about- we're, we're pricing ourselves out of the market at this point now that we are, we are now the highest taxed community in the country. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about tax policy. I really don't want to get into that. Right. Then you get into this Republican Democratic thing. It's not about that. Well, it's it's really about how do you provide the best possible services to the people? You know, when when we talk about uh, you know what's progressive in in New York City, I, I actually believe this, and I said this eight years ago when I ran. There's nothing more progressive than making you know government work for the people who need it the most. Well, if you want to make government work for the people who need it the most, you've got to you've got to take that dollar and stretch it as far as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing to do. Make it as efficient and, and as effective as possible. As people are making up their minds here in the final days about who they're going to choose in this Democratic primary to be, uh, you know, the nominee and, and very likely the next mayor. And they're also ranking them in ranked choice voting, as you mentioned before. But. Say a little bit more about the job of mayor as you've seen it up close and you know it so well in terms of the qualities and the the actual nuts and bolts of what it is for people to think about aligning that with their values and with how they view the candidates. But knowing, uh, getting it, you know, an even better sense of what the job really is. So here, here's what's, you know, I. I I think it's really important that um, mayor needs mayors need to do the following, uh, and we haven't seen this for quite some time. Mayors need to have um, town hall meetings once a month in a community, uh, any somewhere throughout the city, and it, it you know, should be one in every borough. So you know. Uh, you know, you have X number, I, I, you know, whatever, break it up by community boards, one in every community board. And I think if you do it right, there are enough community boards that you could have uh, one in every community board over a four year period through a first term. Mm-hmm. And you can do that and you can break that up into having it in all five boroughs. Uh, you can have uh, you can have. Uh, in addition to having town hall meetings, and by the way, at those town hall meetings, you also bring um, you also bring your uh, all of your commissioners, and you open it up, and you can spend two hours there, uh, and you can ask the community uh, to ask you any questions you want uh, the community to ask you. The mayors deserve the, the people deserve to have that kind of open environment with the mayor. Um, the same thing as Ed Koch used to do with having press conferences. Uh, he had press conferences every single day. Mm-hmm. And you can go back to the old guys, you know, people like, uh, you know, many of them are still around, like Dave Seifman and folks like that. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you that, you know, that he, the Ed, would, Ed Koch would do it a couple of times a day. Um, and, and I think that's important uh, because they need to get that message out. Um, and I think I think you, there needs to be there needs to be more of that. And I think the mayor needs to meet uh, with his uh, his commissioners uh, on a more frequent basis, and invite the press to it, and invite the public to it, and invite you know, believe it or not, um, other elected officials like borough presidents. You know, the borough presidents have been thrown aside, you know, uh, in many many ways, and they play a critical role. In the government, they may not have the same role that they used to have when they had the board of estimate and have a role in the budget, but they sure have a role in in city planning and in all kinds of urban related issues. Mm-hmm. And, and and by the way, every single bar, any bar, every borough president I've ever met wants the mayor's job. So you mm-hmm. might as well find out who they are and find mm-hmm. out who's the best and help them in that process. Mayors are not mayors forever. 
So you might as well create a farm team. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And one thing you know well, I'm, I'm interested uh, that you mentioned uh, about not only meeting with constituents, of course, but also uh, the frequency of meeting with commissioners. But since we only have a couple of minutes left, I wanted to ask you also about the, the sort of intergovernmental piece, um, having been MTA chair, knowing uh, the dynamics with city, state entities, entities that are sort of in between, like the MTA, um, how much, you know, how much of the job is um, knowing how to manage those relationships and and making that all work? It's it's um, it's real important. Um, and and the only way I can compare it to Ben, I don't know if you're married or not, um, but if you are, it's like dealing with your in-laws. Um, you you have to find a way uh, to find common ground. And, and in the early part of um, the Bill's, Bill de Blasio's term, and Bill wanted and he campaigned on the opportunity to create a pre-K program and a fabulous program that, it, that it, it, it was a great idea and a great program, and it turned out fabulous. But he had a vision for a program. He also had a vision for how to fund it. And they were tied together. And he, he couldn't delink the concept of how he wanted to fund it from how he wanted to implement it. But the governor decided to say, you know what, I'll fund it for you mm-hmm. and allow you to implement it. Bill couldn't imagine how to do that. And therefore he said, no, 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 I want to fund it the way I want to fund it because I want, to, I want you to help me raise taxes. And the governor said, no, I'll give you the money. <laughs> Bill said, no, I want to raise taxes. It's like, you know, when someone wants to give you a gift, that'll ultimately give you what you want to do for the people. Say, thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. And then go on and, mm-hmm. and figure out what you want to do with the next thing. Right because you have an opportunity to raise money for some other program. Honestly, it's <laughs> like dealing with an in-law. Just got to find a way to find common ground because there's more opportunity. But what were we in the first or second month? Mm-hmm. Maybe even the first month. Very early on. Very, very early on. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't sour it. And you got to understand, these two guys, are, you know, um, Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, um, had appointed uh, Bill de Blasio as his, uh, he represented him in New York when he was the secretary of HUD. These are, these are two people who worked together, had a history together of working together. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't destroy a relationship like that. You've got to find common ground. I mean, you know, good, good God, Bill, you know, the, the Joe Biden is meeting with Putin today. You know damn well they don't like each other, but they've got to find on behalf of the people they, you know, that Joe Biden represents, you and me and everybody else, they find it, got to find common ground. Mm-hmm. They hate each other, but mm-hmm. you know what? Got to find it. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, anything we haven't mentioned here that I haven't um, properly asked you or prompted you about when people are thinking about the job of mayor and who they want to select from your perspective, is there uh, a certain kind of knowledge, a certain kind of approach to the job, a certain kind of um, personality traits, management traits, uh, issue area that's not being talked enough about, but, but any other, any other parting thoughts on, on planting some seeds for people as they're making their final decisions here about things they should value? Look, I think, um, you know, you didn't ask me who I voted for. So, uh. <laughs> well, 
I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I think you gave us a little indication earlier, but yeah. Yeah. But I do think, I do think you need to think about, um, you know, um, I think the most important thing to understand is that no mayor has ever left the the mayoralty and run for any other office. So this is an office where people go and don't go anywhere from. Mm -hmm. So understand that you're going to vote for somebody who is going to um, be part of your life for the next four, if not eight years. And you want somebody who is going to make who's going to do everything they can to make your life better. And it's not just pick up the garbage and the snow and make your life, you know, um, in, enhance your quality of life. But look at the people running and ask yourself, who is going to make the city better? The city has been hit in a horrible way due to the pandemic. But who's got the grit? and the motivation and has shown over a period of time that they know how to get things done. That is the most important thing to look for in the mayor of New York. Who's going to get the job done? Who's done it in the past? Who can do it in the future? And who's just got that look in their eye that says, hey, trust me, I can get it done. Mm-hmm. All right. Parting words from Joe Loda. Thank you. We appreciate the time. Uh, Joe. Great. Joe, of course, is vice dean at NYU Langone Medical Center, former MTA chair, former deputy mayor, and was the Republican nominee for mayor in 2013, mm-hmm. turned uh, Democratic voter in this election. So we uh, appreciate hearing your perspective on, on a lot of that, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. All right. See you soon.